I mean, it was great. It was a, it was a big, deep breath because, I mean, today's a, today's a, a must-win game. I mean, today was a must-win game for us. I mean, that, that's how we, we were approaching it. Um, you know, you never want to go down 2-0, especially when the first two were at home. So uh, to, for the guys to come out like that, for Altuve to come out like that, um, set the tone for us tonight. I mean, you know, Altuve, there's a lot of guys in our clubhouse who lead us. And there are a lot of guys in our clubhouse who are vocal and, um, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, Altuve is, is, our, is, is, is the heart of this team. He's been since I've been an Astro. So when he goes, our team feels very confident. And uh, you saw it kind of, um, you know, you saw it tonight with the way he, he got us started. That was Lance McCullers, who will start tonight for the Houston Astros. Game three of the World Series goes at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia. The series is tied up at one game apiece. Kevin Barker, where else would you rather be on Halloween than Philadelphia? <laughs> if I asked you to list ten other places, Philadelphia would probably be about 15th on the list. But uh, there you go. And I guess the question, Kevin Barker, is, has, Ho- has Jose Altuve, has he dropped the disguise? Is, is, he, is this the Jose Altuve we're used to seeing? 0 for 25, and then seven hits in his last 16, three hits in game two, a hit in the first pitch of the game, got it started uh, in the Astros' 5-2 win. Look, you were the guy who's been saying all postseason, the Astros don't win without Jose Altuve getting it going. Do you like what you're seeing from him, and what are you seeing from him? Well, absolutely, it's it's results driven, right? He he's sort of the the little engine that could literally when he walks to the plate and he does things. You know, you, you hear it from his teammates; they just seem comfortable enough to say that, "Oh, look, he's doing it now. We can go up and do our thing." He's impossible to to break down to understand. I mean, he swings at everything. He has a very odd approach at the plate. He he looks like a a pair of scissors. Like his his he starts one way. His front foot lands. Uh, he swings across his body. He doesn't have a ton of length to his barrel, which means he doesn't keep the barrel in the hitting zone very long because of the way he cuts himself off. He doesn't have tremendous rotation with his hips. Like, he's impossible to break down and understand why he's he's being hot. I know he has tremendous hand-eye coordination. To be able to do what he does with his mechanics, and like I just mentioned, that lower half, you, you got to have elite bat-the-ball skills and, and knowing where the barrel's at and – and I look, I mean, he he took he's taking a ball at his chin and leveling out his swing enough to hit a line drive somewhere. I mean, I, I guess if if that's not enough to give you confidence, if you're an Astros fan and if you're Dusty Baker, I don't know what is. So I'm not even going to attempt to try and break him down. I just know it's results driven. He seems like he's hitting the ball harder. He seems like he's got a lot of confidence. He's not overthinking it. You can tell if he's overthinking it. You mentioned the 0 for 25. That's overthinking. He can walk to the plate. You can see it's churning. He doesn't really know what to do. Is he taking pitches? He's not a taker. Go up and be aggressive. He can get the foot down on time. I think that's the biggest part of it. He has a little bit of, of enough separation that allows him to be able to have enough bat speed to get barrel to baseball and beat the guy to the to the spot he's going to do these kind of things so answer to your question long-winded is yeah i think he's back uh now it's just maybe getting some length to their lineup they got some guys to bottom of the order basically doing nothing can they do nothing you know and still win baseball games i think so just because of the pitching and defense and the base running that they have but it's gonna be interesting to see if citizens bank is all that what everybody else says it's it's going to turn out to crack up to be. So it'll be interesting to see tonight how it goes. 
Yeah, listen, I still think having seen the Astros uh, face the Dodgers, having seen the Astros face the Yankees in the regular season, with all due respect to Philadelphia, I understand what their fans are like. We've talked about it, <clears throat> but you got to remember the Phillies weren't impacted by that cheating scandal as much as the as as much as the Yankees and the Dodgers allegedly were. Right? I mean, those are the teams that really if anybody's going to feel aggrieved, it's those two teams. So, I think the whole Philly fan thing is a little oversold. That's just me though. Uh, game three goes tonight. Of course, now we're back in Philadelphia. Games three, four, and five. Series is tied at one game apiece. Phillies won 5-2 in the first game on Friday. I'm sorry, 6-5 in the first game on Friday. 5-2 was the score Saturday. It's been a really good series so far, Kevin. It's kind of what we thought it would be. Give me your, Give me your two biggest concerns for each team now that we've seen two games. What are your two biggest concerns for the Phillies? We'll start with them. Uh, well, with the Phillies, it's the two-headed monster. Wheeler and Nola stunk. I mean, we can say it and sugarcoat it. They weren't any good, and they came away splitting on the road. That's a big deal. So there's one of them. And it is, can Jose Alvarado, that's the one guy for me. It seems like Rob Thompson has a ton of confidence in that dude. Can that dude continue to throw strikes? When he throws strikes because of how hard he throws and the, and how much you have to cheat to get the head out in front of the plate, that's all he has to do, basically. I mean, that's that's the easiest way to explain him. So that I don't know if that's a concern, other than if you're a Phillies fan, you're praying, you're crossing your fingers that he continues to throw strikes. So I'll go with that. I will say the little bit of concern I do have is is if Syndergaard only goes, say, two and a third, what does Rob Thompson do? You can tell he's been very aggressive with his bullpen. Who's he going to? I'm sure the scoreboard will tell him where he's going, when he's going, how much he's going. But that's the thing is Rob Thompson's sort of the X factor for the Phillies, especially the next couple of days with who they got in Suarez and, and Syndergaard going. So him controlling his emotions enough to when he uses the big boys out of the pen so I'll say Rob Thompson, I'll say the double-headed monster, and, and Wheeler and Nola are the big concerns for me. With with the Astros, I mean, you, you'd have to point at Verlander, right? I mean, he he's definitely one of the one of the concerns is, is it 39? Is it coming off of Tommy John? Is it almost 190 innings? Is it a combination of all those plus the Phillies lineup's really good? Uh, I, I think it's probably a combination of both. But how much confidence do you have in him if you're a Astros fan? So I, I will say that's a concern. And I just think the bottom of the order for the Astros, I'm not going to touch the Dusty Baker effect. You know, the rumblings was, did he leave Verlander in the in the game too long? Eh. It's Justin Verlander. He's going to win the AL Cy Young. I mean, you can't probably give him a little longer leash than you, you do most people. We, we talked about Altuve. Now I think it's a little bit of length. Since Altuve looks like he's got a little bit more confidence, is there somebody at the bottom of the order that can get on that Altuve's at-bats aren't wasted? So I will say Verlander and the bottom of the order for the Astros. I'll say this. In both games, the, the Astros stake their starting pitchers to five-run leads. And uh, I, I thought some of the criticism about Dusty in Game One was a little off base. You know, you've got a five nothing lead. You got to manage as if you have a five nothing lead. And I kind of understood what Dusty was doing. A little surprised about the reliance on Rafael Montero and Brian Abreu. You made this point when we were chatting before the show. Given all the options he has. I don't know why he seems intent on giving the Phillies as many looks as they're getting 
from those two guys. Now, maybe he's going to go away from it in the next couple of games. I find that a little surprising. I understand Christian Javier is starting game four. I'm a little surprised we didn't see Christian Javier earlier in the series. We know he's done that. Um, I, I I don't know. that. My one concern, my major concern for the Astros, frankly, the concern I have for the Phillies, Kevin, Bryce Harper's two for eight so far. Okay, small sample size. Two for eight so far. No extra base hits. Kyle Schwarber's two for seven. You know, and his biggest contribution for the most part was that 403-foot home run or 403-foot foul ball. That's a little unfair. That, that ball hit that far should be a home run, I've always thought. You hit a 403 feet, they should just give it to you. But anyhow, that would be my concern for Philadelphia is those two guys have not gotten it going yet. And they haven't been able to get it going in one game in particular against a starting pitcher who was scuffling. Framber Valdez was awfully good. Those would be my concerns for Philadelphia, though. And you mentioned uh, Wheeler. Wheeler's velocity last night. This is a guy who's, who sits 98. His first pitch was ninety, barely 96. 96.1, I think, was that first pitch. He just... And and even even Rob Thompson said afterwards, what was Thompson's quote afterwards? It was just a little bit light today. I mean, I, I if I'm the Phillies, I got some concerns about Zach Wheeler. Aaron Noel, I'm going to go with. Zach Wheeler, I've got a I mean, – you're going to have to run him out there again. But, man, he's on a really short leash the next the, time the, I run him out well, there. Well, they told you they have concerns, too, by not throwing him game one. I mean, they could have done that. He had five yes. full days They've of given, rest. That's the other thing, Kevin. They've given him the extra day. You're no, right. No they question. gave him the extra day, and it, no, the velo was down. No question. Again, this gets back to Rob Thompson. I, you know, it's probably a little unfair to always throw it off on the manager and say he's going to have to make the perfect move at the perfect time. But he's going to have to. I mean, it's, especially who, with who's throwing for them. Syndergaard's probably, at the very best, giving them four innings. And that who do you go into? I mean, I'm sure, again, it gets back to that scoreboard thing. That'll tell you who you're going to and, and when you're going to go to your, your biggest, best guys that you know can hold it down and, and give you a chance to win a baseball game. So, yeah, a lot of pressures on Rob Thompson. The Wheeler thing, that's it's Look, he's a very hard throw. He's went through some injuries, had a bunch of things going on with that right side of, of his body with the arm, the elbow, the forearm. I mean, there's a lot going on there. And – I just don't know this time of the year if an extra day's rest is that big of a deal, but they're going to try and figure it out. Yeah, their lineup, look, this for me is all about the guys that they're facing. Like the the Astros have a bunch of dudes who can add and subtract with a ton of velocity, a ton of late break. Uh, They tunnel very well. Uh, They command the strike zone tremendously. That's why they're in the situation that they're in. So it's going to be interesting with McCullers Jr. because you mentioned the the two guys you mentioned are lefties. McCullers is – if you're going to see a fastball off him, it's probably going to be in the first two pitches and in his heavy curveball changeup against lefties. What are those two guys? Schwarber's a big guesser. Harper is a look right down the middle for velocity. How, how if you're McCullers, will you pitch to those two guys? And if you're going against McCullers, what's your approach going to be? Do you change anything? Do you go with what's worked your your entire season that'll be a little in thing that you can look for if you're a fan just to see how they attack one way or the other so yeah look this has been a a surprising series for me it should be two nothing i mean you give uh, a future first ballot hall of famer a five nothing lead that should be a slam dunk at home he should he should be eliminating the other team no matter how good their offense is but give the phillies credit they don't quit that they they grind out at bats uh they are very hard to set up 
they, they have a good plan at the plate. They use the entire field. They have balance in their lineup. They're not the easiest to pitch to. So, yeah, I, I still think you're right. It's going to go six or seven. It's going to be uh, – right now I think you could flip a coin. But I will say the advantage just because of the way we've seen Wheeler and Nola look is in the Astros' favor, even if they have to go to Citizens Bank Park and play the next three games. And uh, if you are interested, Lance McCullers this year has held left-handed hitters to a 556 OPS. Kevin, he's given up one home run to a left-handed hitter this year in 113 plate appearances. Christian Javier, who's scheduled, we think, Dusty hasn't confirmed it, but it looks like he's going to get the start tomorrow. His slash line against lefties this year is 184, 273, 11. Keep in mind that Christian Javier was a starter this year. He wasn't coming out of the bullpen. So this is, I, I think if you're the Astros you're right. I think you give Justin Verlander a five-run lead, Kevin. You probably think you're gonna you're gonna come out ahead, mm-hmm. but you feel awfully good with these two dudes going in the next in the next two games. Yeah, I think so. Again, it gets back to McCullers Jr. He's going to abuse the spin. Like it's going to be curveball changeup heavy. It's going to be more curveball to the couple of lefties that are in that lineup, and the right is going to get really big time sliders a lot of the times. About forty eight percent of the time, they're getting a slider, and he's going to sprinkle around a fastball, and he'll cho- throw an cha- occasional cutter sinker. Like he's moving the fastball around when he does throw it. It'd probably be early in counts. It's how do you look for it? I would think you look right down the middle. You don't try and, you know, reinvent the wheel if you're facing a guy that spins as much as McCullers Jr. does. Field's got a good lineup. Again, they are veteran guys who've been there and done it before. They understand who they are. They have different approaches. We've heard Harper say, yelling and screaming in the dugout, sit uh, straight, look right down the middle. Schwarber goes up. He's looking spin. So they they each have their different approaches. It'll be interesting to see who has the more success. And if McCullers Jr. goes away from spinning the baseball, don't think he will. But what if one of them's not working? Will he use the fastball more? And that's more into the advantage of the Phillies because they like the heater. This is why you see Dusty using those two dudes is because they can throw split finger, they can throw slider, they can throw curveball early in counts and then try and use the put-away pitch for a fastball because those first four guys in that order hammer velocity. That's why you're going to see Dusty trying to mix and match and put the right guy in the right time. So it'd be interesting to see the managers and the lineups and the starters figure out how to work their way through, you know, one team doing it on the road and one team feeding off the crowd. Now, it seems as if when we talk about the Astros that the word cheating is never far away. The latest, I guess, installment or the latest suspicion to be cast on the Astros is on Framber Valdez, who during the game was noticeably, Kevin, I mean, you could you could see it anytime there was a close-up shot of him. He was rubbing his right, his right wrist, the area around his right wrist, quite often during the game. The last out of his outing as he's going off the field and the umpires are checking him, he, I mean, he's rubbing his hand like a guy... He's rubbing his hands like a guy trying to get glue off his fingers. <laughs> now, it reminded me 2006. I covered the Cardinals-Tigers World Series. Game two of that series, the Tigers won 3-1. And Kenny Rogers was showing a camera close-up, had showed Kenny Rogers' palm. And it was pretty clear in the first inning that he had something on his palm. And you could see the big thing of pine tar down the side of his leg. Now... Uh, he got rid of it in the second inning, but it was um, it, it was a talking point throughout the series. 
So Rob Thompson, and, and again, there was a lot of talk about it in social media during the game. And Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, was asked after the game about it. So, so was Framber Valdez. And Framber Valdez, speaking through an interpreter, essentially said that it's just something I do. Uh, it's, you know, there's, that, there's nothing there. He said, it's, he, he said, you know, in the Dominican Republic, we do a lot of, we got a lot of little things, a lot of little rituals when we, when we pitch and that's just a ritual. And, you know, he, he kind of blew it off. And I guess Kevin, the real test will be that if there is another start for him in the world series, if we see him doing it again, or if we don't see him doing it again, then I think people will go, Hmm. Anyhow, Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, was asked about it in his post-game availability. He just he didn't want to pour any fuel in the fire. He just had a short answer. Lance? Did you, your dugout, notice Valdez uh, rubbing out his hand at all? Yeah, we did. And, and I know it's, I just got it from uh, KG. It's all over Twitter. You know, the umpires check these guys after almost every inning. And, and if there's something going on, MLB will take care of it. But you saw it and there was no concern in your mind? Yeah, but we saw it the last time he started, too. So. Okay. That's Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager. Uh, Kevin, you pointed out that. Uh, well, I'll let you. You, I know. I know the folks in MLB Network were talking about it. You, you, you talk about what the umpires were doing. Well, I, the only thing I had noticed is the last time he walked out the, the the field, the umpire only checked his left hand. He didn't check his right hand. The right hand was the one Where around the, the wrist area. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That he's that he's wiping his hand. But Rob Thompson there said they obviously knew this coming in that he is a creature of habit and has been doing that before they had noticed that. So again, this is, there's no secrets. There's no surprises this time of the year. You, you know, all the khakis are breaking this down, looking at every little thing, every single little pitcher doing to try and get an advantage on maybe if he does that too many times, he's going to a certain pitch. So, you know, if they've seen it before, it's been brought to their attention and they don't think it's a big deal. Why should we think it's a big deal? I, Look, this this day and age, how are you hiding anything? Like it's with social media, with cameras, with umpires checking. Now, I just noticed what I saw on video, and it's you can go on any you know website and and look and see. Just type his name in, and and you know about stuff on a hand, and it'll bring up the video of the umpire rubbing his hand. And I only saw him rub his left hand. I didn't see him touch his right hand, but maybe they did it in a couple of innings before that. Look, it's if you're dumb enough to try and do that <laughs> game two of a World Series, then good point. Yeah, you, you know. So I, I, I'm going to go on the other side and say it's just what he does. It's part of, you know. I'm going to say if he thinks it's a part of his ritual and it's just something that gets him through a baseball game and makes him elite. Jeff, he's elite, dude. Yeah. Like to to think that his stuff is not. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're a fan of the Phillies and you're watching his ball move the way it is and the breaking ball that's 79 that has the break that it has on it, you're thinking he's doing something. Ain't no way he can do that mechanically, and it's nice and easy, and you know he's not trying to create velocity. It doesn't look like he's trying to create break on a secondary pitch. You'd think he has to be doing something. but Yeah, but you know, my, my point, too, with these things is you always look for the outlier. And that's been Framber Valdez all year. It's not like that performance came out of the blue and we're going, oh, my God, he must have yeah. been doing something. Mm-hmm. That's him all year. He's the best pitcher in their staff. Yeah. He's, he's better than Verlander. Absolutely. I mean, if you had one game to win, you're putting your paycheck on it. Ain't going to be Verlander. Nope. <laughs> it might be. As a matter of fact, I might pick the guy going tonight before Verlander. 
I mean, that's a bit strong. Ver- Verlander's been there and done it before. This gets back to Dusty's really got to know his players. Colors Dust, made, Dust. has made 18 postseason starts, Kev. His whip is 1.10 in the postseason. He's a good postseason pitcher. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, look, they they got tremendous options. They got numerous guys to go to. This gets back to Dusty has to know his players and and has to know when enough's enough. You got to know. You see a pitch that he throws, the breaking ball's not like he's just one one time the velocity the 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 fastball command's not there. He gets hammered. The next time it's the breaking ball doesn't have late break to it. It's down the middle. Cement mixing good hitters and get the head out, create some backspin, and you see the result. So it's just the combination of both being mixed together and the elite outings for Verlander just hasn't been there and this gets back to Dusty like Dusty's got to know when to he's got so many dudes to go to don't be afraid to pull the string early that's the point here if you got to throw a guy that's you just don't know what you're going to get and Verlander again get back to he said Tommy Johnny's 39 he's touching almost 190 innings that's a ton for a dude to be throwing and then you add the heart rate to it it's it's a lot to ask a guy and it what really at least is. did Rob Thompson do in game one, right? What did he do? He used Alvarado, was it the fifth inning? Yeah. He used Suarez in the seventh inning, Ranger Suarez. I mean, he's he his is being really aggressive in his in his bullpen use. Now tonight he's got Noah Syndergaard going. Uh Noah Syndergaard, I don't think has started to since September, since sometime in September, middle of September. Rob Thompson said he's I and I didn't quite understand the quote. But I came away thinking that essentially this is one of those first time through the order things for the Phillies that they'll let Syndergaard go through nine hitters and then they'll go into then they'll go into the bullpen and 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 work it from there. Uh, the good news for the Phillies is the day off is important. We've talked about Sir Anthony Dominguez. They can't use him on back to back days. They haven't for most of the season i think three times he's gone in back-to-back days since the all-star break so this extra day is hugely important rob thompson i think is he's smart here in that he's his bullpen if if you're going to go for, with a bullpen day if you're the phillies this is the only time you can do it is after the off day this is the only time you can do it yeah it sounds good i mean ranger suarez you would think that that gives you a a you know, a, more confidence that he could go a little deeper in games. You, you mentioned that the day off, the, the bullpen should be a little bit more rested. You'll be able to use your main guys. Noah Syndergaard, look, he's he's a more sinker slider guy now because he doesn't throw as hard. Like, he's a smarter dude. When in doubt, take a little bit more off. Uh, rely a little bit more on late movement. Try and get some guys to chase. If he can throw strike one, if you're a Phillies fan, you're wanting three-plus innings. If he can give you three-plus innings because your bullpen should be rested enough that you can use every single one of them because of who you know is going tomorrow and Suarez. Suarez has got some good stuff. He can add and subtract, and he's got a lot of confidence, and Rob Thompson's got a lot of confidence in him. May, may be you know, going a little deeper may give him a little longer leash. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's for me. It's about the Astros scoring first, take the crowd out of it, and it's about the Phillies just trying to figure out and Rob Thompson trying to figure out how to give the Phillies lineup a chance to beat the Astros. So, you got one manager trying to keep the other team from scoring. You got one team trying to score first to take the crowd of it out of it. So, be in, it be intriguing early, at least early in the game to see how that goes. Yeah. And if you are interested, the weather forecast for today is uh, cloudy with showers tonight. Uh, I think I'm just looking at it here, 90%, 90% chance of rain 
uh, 10 millimeters of rain. So, of course, that uh, always, when you're playing outdoors this time of the year, that, that may be a factor as well. I'm, I'm sure if you're the Phillies, I'll... Well, if, the last thing you want is a wet ball being fired around the infield. Well, if you're the Ast- if you're the Astros, McCullers Jr. is a is a big spin guy. You know, I'm sure there'll be some wind in that. It's Philadelphia, like it's windy all the time in Philadelphia. You got some wind, you got some rain, you got some cold weather. What's that going to do to the fingers? You know, your fingers swell up, your ball don't break as much because you're a big time spin guy like McCullers. So yeah, it's the weather's going to be a thing there too. And I I just get back to fear the Astros. Your bats at least early in the game, have to be great. They can't be good. If you score first, take the crowd out of it. That'll make it a little tougher for the Phillies to to come back. And that's the ultimate goal there, right, for make it easier on Dusty later in games. I want to talk about the Astros' approach in game two. Uh, and we'll break, and then we'll bring in Jeff Blum, the uh, Astros' TV analyst. But I want to, I, I, I want to talk about that, the way that game started. Altuve double, Pena double, Alvarez double. Clearly the discussion was going into the game, this guy's velo is down. They've given him an extra day for a reason. Let's go out there in the first fastball you see, swing at it, and, 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 and just go up there, hit and think and hit. Yeah, I guess. For me, I think you got to be ready to hit the fastball. I mean, there's no way to tell in the first inning if a guy's got his good heater or not. I mean, that's that's impossible. You're thinking that there's probably a reason why they gave him a little extra time. Is mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe he'll you find the, the extra gear. has been down, too. The no numbers question. are there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, it's it's most of the time he loses velocity later in his outing, not not in the first couple of innings. So you're thinking to yourself, you look right down the middle. When when you get it, you don't miss it. That's a good approach, and that gets back to to listening to that clip we started the show with. There, Altuve sort of makes that engine go when he's sort of oozing confidence and go up and be aggressive. Good good pitch to hit, hit a ball hard, square it up. Oh, look, he did it. Now we can go up and do it. It's it's real simple to sort of feed off of your buddy that way. And I just think, again, it gets back to when a guy doesn't have his good stuff, he misses location, you're a good team, whether it's the first pitch or the last pitch, be ready to hit. And when you get it, don't miss it. And that's sort of what happened is you, you take the wind out of their cell early. That they were oozing confidence after coming off that win in the 10th mm-hmm. inning. You know, Riamuto hits the home run to right field. They win the baseball game when they shouldn't have won the baseball game. They were oozing confidence. You have Wheeler coming, who's been your best guy down the stretch. He's one of the main reasons, him and Nola, why you're in the World Series. So you're thinking, man, we got this. What if we could steal this game? We go home up 2 nothing, And then Altuve comes out and gets the big hit, and then Pena gets a hit, and Alvarez gets a hit. So, yeah, I, I think it's more of – you sit location, you get ready to hit velocity. That allows you to be in an athletic position. And when you get it, don't miss it. And that's what good hitters do. We will continue to get you set for game three of the World Series goes tonight in Philadelphia. The series is tied up one game apiece. A reminder, DMs are open for Barker's back leg bits. My Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. And I don't know, if Elon Musk charges starts charging people, Kevin Barker, for that little blue check mark on if he starts charging us to use Twitter, we're we're gonna have to figure out another way to get to get our back leg bits in. Who's that? I know how to do it. Five ninety five ninety is the text line. Use the text line, five ninety five ninety. Uh but until uh, un- until we're kicked off Twitter. <laughs> oh God forbid that should happen. <laughs> uh until we're kicked off Twitter, you can still reach me at SN Jeff Blair with uh, DMs for Barker. It'd be, be a sad, sad day when Twitter shuts down. 
Jeff Blum is the Astros TV analyst. He is a World Series champion with the Chicago White Sox. He joins us next from the city of brotherly love. I don't know how the hell it came up with that name. But anyhow, it's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And as always, wherever you get your favorite podcast. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, game three goes tonight in Philadelphia. And uh, the series is tied up one game apiece. Lance McCullers on the mound for the Astros. Noah Syndergaard making the start for the Phillies. And uh, presuming that the the Phillies are treating this pretty much like a bullpen. Pretty much like a bullpen day um, with uh, Rob Thompson. Kind of holding out. And again, I didn't, didn't really understand completely the way he answered the question, but the suggestion was 35 pitches would be uh, what, what he's built up to, and I'm just kind of shaking my head. I, I think this is, as I said, I think we're going to see this first time through the order. At that point, Rob Thompson will start making an analysis of the situation. And at that point, you know, three times through the order, that could be 45 pitches, 12 to 15 pitches in an inning. I think at that point you make a decision. But we've already seen that Rob Thompson is not afraid to move early uh, when it comes when it comes to a starting pitcher. And, um, of course, the other factor here, now that we're in the Northeast and we're playing outdoors, is the weather. And as I mentioned, the forecast... For Philadelphia is for rain tonight, showers tonight, 90% chance of showers tonight, uh, chance of rain tomorrow as well. Uh, look, I would think that both both Houston and, and, and Philadelphia will, this will kind of be baked into the decision-making process here. Let's bring in Jeff Blum, the Astros TV analyst. Jeff, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. We trust that you're keeping that you're keeping well what's the latest you're hearing on uh, on the weather in philadelphia rob thompson didn't seem he didn't seem overly concerned about it yesterday other than he said you know that that major league baseball will do a good job of of keeping us informed and probably giving us a heads up early if there's going to be some sort of a some sort of a delay um good to be on with you guys you know what i haven't actually been paying too much attention to the weather today i know that uh it's going to maybe get a couple of showers later on but uh it's the upcoming days i think you worry about maybe later this evening and into tomorrow but you know there's there's a history already there's precedent in philadelphia back in 2008 they had some suspended games you had to make up and it kind of messed with the scheduling a little bit but you know, in a perfect world, we, you know, the commissioner does the right thing and forces everybody to put a roof on uh, their stadium that we don't have to worry about this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, that's that's part of uh, forcing baseball this late in the season is that you do have to deal with the elements a little bit. Hopefully it doesn't have too much of an impact because last time Lance McCullers pitched, he had that, you know, a couple-hour rain delay before he went out there and pitched against the Yankees, and it looked like it affected him a little bit, but... You know, having that experience now and understanding the situation, I think he'll be a little bit better prepared going into this game. But yeah, weather always 
you know, you've always got to be aware of it, cognizant of it, and uh, try and protect these players and the game a little bit. Uh, Jose Altuve is three for four in the last game. Is this the Jose Altuve we should get used to seeing? And if so, when you watch him hit, is there a certain part of his swing mechanically that when you see it, you go, uh-oh, here he comes, watch out opposing teams? Yeah, you know what? That's a great, great question. And having watched him over the last 10 years is the, is the knowledge that he can get absolutely red hot. I've seen him get 10 straight hits and 10 straight at-bats. Uh, we just saw him get ice cold in the postseason through the division series and the championship series. But those 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 droughts don't usually last long because he's such a good barrel to the baseball type guy. But there's actually one, you know, as opposed to one thing that really gets him going, the one thing that I, I notice sometimes when he starts to get in a little bit of trouble is when he starts to take that stride foot and step towards home plate and not towards the pitcher. If he starts to step towards the pitcher, that tells me he's seeing the ball a little bit better and he has a tendency to panic sometimes and step towards the plate and he kind of loses the backside when he does that because you know as well as I do when you start to close off that front side there's really nothing left to do but then to fire open and all of a sudden you lose the front side backside everything falls apart but uh, it looks like he's made the adjustment he's getting a little more going towards the pitcher but anytime he starts to reach for the baseball and chase pitches immediately out of the hand, any hitter gets in trouble, especially Jose Altuve. But he looks good right now. Mm-hmm. Now, so far, the, the Astros have done a really good job of keeping Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber uh, under control. They're a combined four for 15. Harper's two for eight. He does not have an extra base hit. Uh, Schwarber is two for seven. We know that Lance McCullers going tonight and Christian Javier, who we believe is going tomorrow, both of them are very effective uh, against, against left-handed against left-handed hitters. What is it about the Astros' approach, Jeff, that allows them to attack lefties so aggressively? Because they don't seem to – it doesn't seem as if they dodge around the issue with lefties. They still seem to go right at them. Yeah, they they do, and I think it depends on the situation, too. One of the things I was thinking about before this series even started with the Philadelphia Phillies is that their lineup is way more balanced – than a New York Yankees lineup, and that's why the Astros blew through the Yankees so easily. But this is a different animal having the, you know, the leadoff hitter be a very good, very powerful left-handed hitter, and then you know if you get through Reese Hoskins and some of those other guys, JT Real Muto, and get to a Bryce Harper, you better make sure you're doing it without guys on because it leads to the potential for a two-run, three-run home run, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a hole. But these guys do a very good job. Josh Miller, their pitching coach, is, is these guys are incredible at scouting. They're incredible at developing game plans, and they're also incredibly good at uh, adapting on the fly, whether or not a pitcher has a certain pitch going or maybe Maldonado recognizes something in a swing, and they're able to adjust off that. But for Lance McCullers, he's so good against left-handed hitters because he can place that slider and curveball on both sides of the plate. We always hear about back foot slider, back foot curveball. He's got that. But he can also throw that thing on the outside corner and bend it back over the outside corner when hitters give up on it. And then Christian Javier is, you know, he's got one of those invisible fastballs that he can race through the zone that kind of sets up his slider. So they do it in two different ways, but at the same time, they also have a very good understanding working with Martin Maldonado how to attack those strengths of each pitcher. And I think that's where the Phillies are going to have to battle a little bit is trying to lay off some of those sliders and curveballs out of the zone from uh, Lance McCullers. 
if I'm dusty and I, and I see exactly what you're seeing with Altuve, the mechanics are there, and he's going to take off and he's going to start getting some big hits. Now I'm thinking about getting the bottom of the order going. And you see Martin Maldonado was obviously going to hit ninth when he's playing. He's not a great hitter, but he's come up with some big hits. You see uh, Trey Mancini's 0 for 16 in the playoffs. Aledemus Diaz is 1 for 18. Any chance that Dusty – could mix around some things at the bottom of the order, or is the bottom of the order what the bottom of the order is, and you hope that the top of the order carries them where they want to go? Yeah, you know, one of the, I mean, I don't know if it's a fault, but Dusty is definitely one of those eternal optimist type guys. He always yep. says, what if this guy gets going? What if that mm-hmm. guy gets going? And I love that about him. And it, and it endears himself to the players, but at the same time in a shortened series, you've got to find that, you know, that that firecracker that's going to go off every once in a while for you and give you that big hit. And they have not seen production out of that DH spot. They've tried Mancini. they tried Diaz. Uh, they've mixed Alvarez in there, who's going to be in there no matter what. But at the same time, if you are going to use that DH spot, you know, you got to start digging in that roster a little bit. There's a reason that David Hensley is on there. You know, is it for a pinch hit late in the game, or is it to go out there and maybe give you some quality at-bats in that DH spot? and maybe force that pitcher to make some pitches and get deep into counts, that might be an asset. But at the same time, I don't know how you feel about it or how you guys feel about it, but I'm almost to the idea of getting Christian Vasquez in there. I know it's kind of counterintuitive to have – yeah, it's almost counterintuitive during the regular season to risk having both your catchers in there at the same time. But if he's he's as valuable a hitter as you think he is – why not put him in there at DH and see if he can't give you some big hits with runners on base? Yeah, no. Listen, I, that was where I was going next. I was. I understand Martin Maldonado is 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 your everyday catcher, and you're right. It is counterintuitive to go with two catchers in the lineup, but it, it, to me, it's almost worth it, at least for a game, right? I mean, let's see what happens. If it mm-hmm. doesn't work, you can go back. But yeah, absolutely, uh, because they, I mean, the, they're listen. They're I, they're going to outpitch Philadelphia, but. Uh, at, at some point, I think you need to see a little length out of the, out of that lineup, and it makes makes perfect sense for me. Uh, Jeff, you've seen you've seen Framber Valdez a lot. What do you read into this? The the, the I'm not even going to call it a controversy because the Phillies, I, I think, did a pretty good job of nipping it in the bud. Although it'll be interesting to see what happens when he makes his next start. But this whole thing about him rubbing his right hand where the or his right wrist just below his glove and and you know, the possibility that he might be using some sort of foreign substance. <laughs> well, what's that mean? Tell me you've never watched Fromber Valdez by not telling me you never watched Fromber Valdez. Because this guy, sure. you know, ever since I've seen him, he's been a fidgety type guy. He, he perspires a lot. And when you take away the pine tars, the sunscreens, the spider tax, whatever they were using before, and now you're starting to test for it, and, and pat these guys down and check, you know, body parts, check hands, check gloves, check hats. You know, there's a really, it's almost, it, it's extremely hard and extremely risky to try and get away with something. So if he wasn't doing it during the regular season, why would he rest? Why would he risk the es- extra effort in the World Series on a grand stage like this? So that, that, that idea is just not plausible to me. But at the same time, the perspiration in combination with the rosin actually creates tack, and that's all he's trying to do. And if you watch him, he'll go to the wrist or the, the forearm, get some of the – instead of spitting on his hands or licking his fingers, he rubs the sweat on the baseball, and he massages the baseball to get to, to loosen up or maybe moisten some of that mud that's already on there that's dried out from sitting in a ball bag for three, four hours. 
And he's just trying to get a better grip on the baseball with sweat. But I don't know if you can ask guys not to sweat, but anytime <laughs> you lose to the Astros, everybody assumes that, you know, the, the world is ending and that these guys are cheating the game. But they can think what they want. Farmer's just a beast. Jeff, if I'm an Astros fan, should I be worried when Justin Verlander takes the mound? Man, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, because watching throughout the course of the regular season, you're going, okay, this guy's he's he's got his third Cy Young, and this guy's an absolute uh, beast on the mound. He can pitch every every other you know every other five days and do a great job. And then you get into the postseason, and I'm not sure what it is. Scuffled a little bit against Seattle, made the adjustment against the Yankees, and again, the Yankees lineup is a little more conducive to the swing and miss, and he took advantage of that after he made an adjustment with his slider. But it almost seems as if I think if you're an Astro fan, you 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 have to hope that Justin is the ace, Justin, or he has his primary stuff. Because if he falters at all, it really seems like some of these opposing teams are taking very good swings at him. They're almost anticipating some of the pitches, or they're seeing it better out of the hand than they normally do. But yeah, I think there's a little bit of uh, you know, there's a little bit of angst when he's on the mound because you're not sure what you're going to get. It almost seems like you're either going to get the great Justin Verlander or you're going to get absolutely nothing. But his World Series numbers, you know, there's enough starts there to make you worry. Uh, it seems like Dusty is is very confident in Abreu and Montero, which which he should be. You know, those seem like the two guys that he wants to go to other than Presley to close out some baseball games and get through some big spots. You think Dusty is a little worried about if he shows those two guys too much to the top four guys with the Phillies, that if this thing goes seven, that that will be a huge advantage for the Phillies lineup? You know what? I think this is a great – idea and it, and it's a really good question because I, I agree with you in the sense that you know these two teams you know, granted they faced each other the last three games of the regular season but that was almost as if it was a, a playoff primer or a spring training type atmosphere where you're getting guys work you're not really seeing their a stuff and now you're seeing a little more consistently what the tendencies are of Rob Thompson what they are of Dusty Baker and you're right in the sense that he's really leaned on Brian Abreu and uh, you do see him for multiple innings sometimes and I truly feel, as a hitter, as you might also, the more I see a guy, it's not necessarily the more comfortable I'm going to get, but the better idea I have when I'm in the box, whether it be how I pick up the release point or if I can pick up if his wrist changes a little bit on his curveball or slider that I can pick up a little bit sooner to try and be able to compete against it. And then it's you know measuring the velocity, getting used to the rhythm of his delivery that allows me to be more comfortable in the box. And I think there is something to that. And that's why I'm kind of curious about game three, also in the sense that the Astros are getting a chance to see some of these guys out of the bullpen for Rob Thompson and the Philadelphia Phillies. And I'm kind of curious to see how game three goes, if they've made their adjustments against the Phillies bullpen to see if they can't compete today, if Noah Syndergaard can only go two, three innings. Mm -hmm. Jeff, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Have fun. Great stuff. I appreciate it. Great being on with you guys always. Thank you. Take care. Jeff Blum, Astros TV analyst. 2005 World Series champion. He's got a statue outside the ballpark. And That's awesome. It, it, it's it's funny how he broke down. Not Comiskey Park. What is it called now? Whatever the guaranteed rate field or whatever the hell it's called in Chicago. Go I ahead, got a statue. That's all that matters. Yeah, that, yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's, it's interesting that he actually knows when Altuve's going well 
what it is. Like, it's impossible. I, I'd, I'd like to pride myself on whenever I see a guy doing certain things and it's special and it's odd, and you're going, man, how does he do it? And to actually know how Altuve's doing it, and for him to actually, for Jeff to say that sometimes he his stride foot goes towards the pitcher instead of going towards the plate, that's interesting. Like that's he stands. I think that's because he stands so far off the plate, the plate coverage, because he wants to cover, you know, from the ear to the ankle, and that far off the plate and in in off the plate too. That he needs to step a certain place, land in a certain place. If he does that, he tends to think that everything else will fall in place. Sort of interesting to listen to him talk about that. You know who else? Kevin Barker always talked about striding towards the pitcher and how the first thing he whenever. A, a young player, whenever a minor leaguer would talk to him about hitting, the first thing he'd look at was where the guy, the direction of the guy's stride was Josh Donaldson. Huh. He talked about that point, your toe. He said, I always tell guys, don't put your toe to the to right field. <laughs> point your toe towards the pitcher. Take your stride towards the pitcher. Yeah, that's, well, that's a little different. When you He's trying to open up the front hips, get that started to catch up to velocity. That, that, that's what the velocity has done is whenever I was taught, I you wanted to keep everything in, the front side in, the front shoulder in, the hip, front hip in, the front knee in. You didn't want to open up because when you opened up, you lose where your barrel's at. You don't know where it's at anymore. It feels all weird to you, and you can't drop A to B. It's sort of all of a sudden now it's out and around. But because of the velocity, and a lot of guys can't let the ball travel so you have to land open to open up the front side to clear the hips enough that that's a that's sort of a move you don't have to make because you've made it already now it's a little easier to you to to beat the pitch to the spot so yeah it's to each his own kind of thing right uh well this is the time of the show where we ask the listener for uh to submit questions and again dms are always open until elon musk tells them tells us that they can't be my Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Uh, great minds think alike, I guess, because I've got three people who sent in a tweet. Two of them immediately after the incident, Kevin, and I think I know you know where I'm going to go with this. Aledmas Diaz leaning into a pitch. Mm-hmm. And the call by the umpire, which we all heard, stay right there, and then the, the expletive. Um... Cheating or trying to get an edge? How do you feel about it as a as a hitter, as a player? Cheating strong, cheating strong. Yeah, you know, I think it's a it's unwritten a guy that's rule? is it an no, unwritten rule. It's a what? it's a dude that's one for eighteen in the playoffs who's trying to do anything to get on the field and play because it's about results this time of the year. And if you're getting on first base to pass the baton to the next guy, and you can do it by throwing your shoulder out there or sticking it out there, you're going to do whatever it takes to do that. Good for the umpires. You'll never hear me say that ever again that I said good for the umpires but they actually got that right to you know get together and say no no dude that's not what we're going to do here you did that on purpose so yeah cheating's a bit strong I think it's more about the guy how he's doing where he's hitting in the order who he is to that team and and what he's trying to do to help his team and Look, if you can get away with it, I say go for it. But most of the time, because of this year, we just talked about that stuff with Valdez on the hand. If you're dumb enough to stick sticky stuff to your hand and try and cheat this time of the year, then you get what's coming to you. But that there is just that's a little overboard. And good for the umpires for not giving him first base. 
we talked a little bit this year about umpire scorecard which is a uh, twitter account that i follow where they grade umpires based on on the actual strike zone not that stupid ass strike zone that they show on tv that nobody uses uh that nobody thinks is of any value um except that keeps showing up on tv that's just a gratuitous Mm. statement there in my not gratuitous but a little public service message on my part because you're all smart enough baseball fans you don't need some guy in a I like it truck sticking the square up there anyhow Pat Holberg scored 100% in the umpire scorecard the first person to ever do that in game two of the World Series Simon Massey I, I retweeted that Simon Massey said any feedback from Barker <laughs> you watched this game <laughs> all kidding aside been two really it's been two really well umped games hasn't it it, it has it's amazing and you've got some of the younger umpires working Listen, Pat Holberg's a younger guy it's amazing when you put air quotes the best umpires on the field all at the same time how good a game can look yeah it's it's there there's not a ton of good umpires can we all agree on that like I, I especially behind the plate the, yeah. raise your hand and honestly think and say that there's not a lot of great home plate umpires and when you find some that you don't even know are on the field yeah you're more now you get to pay more attention to the players than you do worried about throwing your hands up and yelling and screaming about how bad the umpire is and look 100 percent's a lot that means you didn't fail at any of them you saw a ton of pitches I mean, if the, you can do that consistently, good for you. And and if that makes you the best umpire in baseball, hey, somebody's got to take that title. Might as well be you. <laughs> well, How was that? Hernandez. That was good. <laughs> Simon will be very happy. I mean, come on. I had to, I had to ask you, given your, your affinity for umpires. <sighs> Treat them like the players. You stink. See you later, buddy. Don't let them stay in the big leagues for 40 years. That is it for Blair and Barker today. A reminder, if you're listening to us via podcast, please rate and review. It means so much to my friend Kevin Barker. He goes on every day to look at the reviews. He's laughing. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The fan will be back after every World Series game a couple of days after the end of the season as well. Have yourself a great day. Enjoy the baseball. And uh, happy Halloween.